Welcome to Live Free or Multiclass Theater. See, that's the fourth Die Hard movie, and that's the gag we've been doing this season. Multiclass Theater uses a D20 role-playing system to determine the outcomes of events, and you can't copyright dice rolling. All our decisions, narration, and dialogue are improvised on the spot, so you can expect adult language, gratuitous pop culture references, and fantasy violence. But if those don't bother you, please settle in and enjoy the show. Last time. Our heroes sought to recover from their illnesses and bad trips with the most powerful of remedies, breakfast. But no sooner had they begun their search than they were tapped by the oh-so-effective Sishan Town Guard to help capture Jimra Par Sisha, a very significant figure in the cleansing fire. Jimra had holed herself up in a manner and was providing significant resistance. Buck, Devi, Mist, and Rotan approached the situation with uncharacteristic caution, managing to actually talk to her rather than pick a fight. According to Jimra, neither she nor the Cleansing Fire had any interest in burning the world. The party considered that the town guard, or whoever gave their marching orders, may have a bit of an agenda and allowed Jimra to escape during a staged capture. Surely, helping a major enemy of the state won't have any negative consequences on this episode of Multiclass Theater. Morning comes in Sisha. It's hard to tell morning apart from any other part of the day, but something compels you to get up. Life begins anew at around the same time. There's no roosters to crow or sunbeams to disturb your sleep, but you wake, discovering it's, it feels like morning, whatever that means. So you come down the stairs, one at a time, in the order that you've risen this morning. Once again, you notice that Desmond and Winley and Gruber do not join you, and you find an empty inn. You wonder to yourselves... Is this just your inn now? Like, you know he has family, but that's on the other side of the continent. Is somebody going to come and take over? Surely he has some relationship with somebody in this city. I guess you'll find out eventually. Right now, it's kind of yours and yours alone. Who's up for breakfast? If there's no one to run it, there's no one to kick us out. <laughs> we we have a base of operations until I hit level 12. <laughs> <laughs> I think Buck being used to being the one who gets up first and gets everybody going, whether that's on the trail or on the ranch, I think he's probably going to be up and poking around whatever kitchen he can find and see what there is to kind of throw together a breakfast of sorts. Buck, you walk into the pantry, and it is much as you left it the other day. There is still a blood stain on the floor. And as you're digging through one of the pantries, looking for something edible, something that won't make you all sick, you hear something behind the pantry door. It's a soft scratching sound. Damn it, I knew we should have done check for rats already. God, in the walls, we've only been here for like three days. Are they here before? Whatever. Is there like a, a shelf or something, or is it just straight to the wall? There is a shelf. He's going to carefully try to move that out of the way and see if he can find, like, is there a hole? Are there... You see a hole about six inches in diameter. 
behind the wall that was obscured by some bins of flour and sugar. And some earthy varmints. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to do the classic lean down and try to see into it. Do you have any way of... Can you see in the dark? I always forget in this party who can see and who can't. No, I can't. I guess I can't see anything. Could I do like a an animal handling to try and like bribe whatever it is, dr- drop something to entice sure. it out? Sure, absolutely. That would be wonderful. It's a 16. You drop a small piece of food at the entrance to the hole. You take a step back to give whatever it is a little bit of room. Moment passes, and then you see first a little ear, then a little whisker, and then a big round eye, followed by another, as a small kitten peeks its head out of the hole. Oh, oh, you're adorable. Hey, little buddy. What you doing in there? The cat meows softly at you. Oh, we need to get you some food or something. We got, I'm sure we can find some... But not to stereotype, but I'm pretty sure cats like milk. So the cat has grabbed a piece of food and pulled it a little bit back into the hole. Yeah, I think Buck's going to leave the pantry, try to see if he can't find something, like a small bowl, and either cream or milk or something that he can set down. You go back out into the main room behind the bar, and is anybody else out there? We'll say Debbie's woken up. Yeah. It feels appropriate now for Miss to be around. <laughs> if there's if there's if there's things happening in the kitchen, that tends to draw the cats. So. All right. So you walk back out into the main room, and Mist is sitting at one of the tables, writing in one of his two books that he has spread out before him. Debbie is sitting across from him, trying to read the books, and Mist keeps raising his hand in front, like no no peeking, no peeking. Oh come on! What's so secret? What what's this, what what isn't secret at this you know with this whole thing that we're look just don't worry about it. Are you writing to somebody or is this like your notes? Are you a, are you publishing a book? Am I am I publishing a book about what? I don't know what you're writing about. It could be anything. Maybe a murder mystery. I don't know. You know how I'm the only one here who seems to kind of like have his eyes on the prize, and he points down at the book. This is why. Oh. This is how I keep from get wandering off in search of whatever the hell the rest of you people do. Don't judge. Y'all seen any cream or anything? Don't judge? Why would I judge? No, not not you. I just I happen to be in search of random things right now, but it's very important. Uh, k- kitchen? When, if, I mean... Well, yeah, but everybody's been tromping through it. I was wondering if anybody had seen it. Perception check to find cream? (laughs) Sure, go ahead. (laughs) This is where we are in this episode. (laughs) 19? Mist, you glance behind Buck, and you see behind the bar, beneath the shelves, there is an icebox. You're guessing for keeping ale or something cold. Ah, try that icebox behind the bar there. Well, see, this is why I asked. I knew someone was going to see it. And Buck goes over to it. Buck opens the icebox, and you see it's filled with ale, but you do see that there is a small glass bottle of what you're guessing is probably milk. All right, we're finding a little bowl, and we're going back to the pantry. You grab a little saucer, and you leave the main room and go back into the kitchen and the pantry. Rotan, what are you doing? Rotan is not here right now. Oh, crap. Okay, Rotan is not there. Let's say, at this moment, Rotan walks in through the front door, and, um... 
he has a stack of uh, plates, like like a wooden plate in each hand, and he says, "Who wants kebab waffles?" <laughs> There's just these massive stacks of like alternating waffles and like meat and vegetables, sort of going all the way up. Um, Rotan. Yes. Where did you get those? Ah, uh, two blocks down, at the kebab waffle place. <laughs> Kebabs and waffles. That doesn't sound... what? I don't understand what's so difficult about this. I don't... usually... the, the waffles are like a sweet thing, and, and the breakfast thing, and then the kebabs yes. are not a sweet thing, and not a breakfast thing, and you ah. put them together? Oh, it's savory. Like, uh, like sausages. Right, but then there's not savory stuff, too, and I'm confused. Yes, uh, the waffles have been drizzled with spider honey. Mist, by this point, has already <laughs> taken one and is about to put it in his mouth until you say those words, and then he freezes. I'm just gonna put that on back there and walk away slowly. Debbie is now in the process of casting Create Food and Water on her own table. You all should try some. They're delicious. That, that's quite all right. I'd rather create 45 pounds of food and 30 gallons of water on the ground here. <laughs> It's excessive. Ah, oh, well, uh, suit yourself, sister. And and Rotan will go over uh, t- to one of the tables and, and sit down and start digging in to one of the stacks. But you're back in the kitchen, and you pour the milk into the little saucer and set it down in front of the hole, but not too close, because you're trying to encourage the cat to come out, little kitten to come out. And after a few minutes, the kitten emerges from the hole and the kitten is very dirty its fur is very matted it looks like it's maybe been trapped in the walls for some time and it seems very dehydrated and just begins lapping at the cream vigorously poor little buddy it didn't attach a bird to a string to try and get you out of the wall didn't send a dozen more cats in (laughs) you need you need a, a proper bath and you need someone to take care of you you're too, way too small to be out here on your own. The kitten seems very happy to be drinking. I don't want to interrupt that, but also there's like, and this is probably more to do with Cassie being like this, but also Buck Loves Animals, where I just want to pick that critter up very badly. Very badly. Um, I think Buck's going to wait until it's done chugging down milk. Drinks as much as it can. It, it doesn't drink all of it because there was... A lot in the saucer, and it sits there just licking its chops, trying to get every drop off its whiskers. What do you say we take you out find a sink and get you all cleaned up there, little bud? There's more food in it for you if you do. And the kitten looks up at you and meows softly. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, I just met you and I, I think I'd die for you. All right, uh, <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm going to scoop you up and we're going to get you cleaned. You're probably not going to like that part too much, but you're going to feel a lot better afterwards. Do I need to do another animal handling for this? No, I think the the kitten is pretty pretty comfortable with you at this moment. Hooray! Yeah, he's going to scoop that little kitten up. And for a gigantic minotaur to be now holding a tiny kitten, it's probably a one-handed ordeal with room to spare. But freaking adorable. Oh, so cute. So you walk back into the main room, because that is where the sink is, also behind the bar. Oh, that's why you wanted milk. I thought you were just going to drink it. Yeah, I'm not a self-conscious milk drinker. It's okay. Uh, I don't need to go into other rooms for that. No, I found I found <laughs> this little guy in the pantry. 
It was in the walls. Oh, how cute. Needs a bath, something fierce. Well, I happen to have 30 gallons of water right here. <laughs> Perfect. Mist's ears are focused directly at the cat, the kitten. <laughs> his eyes are huge, and his tail is a little bit bushy. Uh, do we need to do a slow introduction with y'all? Do I need to do this in another room? <laughs> he is He is actually at this moment creeping towards, <laughs> creeping towards Buck with his giant jaguar face stretching out towards the kitten. All right, you two, be nice. Mist, are you going to try to charm or intimidate this kitten? Um, what is what what category does touch noses fall under? <gasps> Boop snoots. I guess charm. <laughs> I would think charm. Okay. He's not using magic. No, I know, but so. you also seem to have that as a natural ability. Uh, which one is that? Is that persuasion? Performance? Persuasion? Investigation? Anim- I think it's just handling? a charisma yeah, check. I think it's an investigation check. I'm, I'm cool just rolling straight charisma on that. 12? Buck holds the kitten out for you, or holds it up a little bit, and then you both lean forward, and you boop noses, and then the little kitten just kind of rubs up against your muzzle. Oh, I'm about to need to break something because that's just too precious. <laughs> Miss starts licking its forehead. Oh, it's gonna die. <laughs> oh. Ew. He is filthy. This is pretty gross, but I'm glad y'all making friends. <laughs> yeah, this is solving that problem. I was just gonna give him a bath. This is really num, fucking num, weird because you can talk. I'm I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this. Here, I'll I'll just hand him over to you and you do your thing. Alright, come here short stack. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> you sure you don't want a gallon of water? While holding the kitten in one arm and, and licking its forehead, Mist uses the other to hold up his jug. I don't understand. <laughs> he, he wiggles the jug and all of a sudden you can hear liquid sloshing in it. So you're going to use that and stop licking the dirty animal? Yum. Don't judge. <laughs> yum, yum. Is this what it's like to see Pluto and Goofy in the same space? <laughs> I also have prestidigitation. I can just magically clean things. Just, you know... <laughs> Miss stops and stares at Debbie with that. This is not a thing. Oh, the cat. Yes, I agree. Um, ooh, I never. It can clean clothes, but can it clean fur? I never tried. Miss looks at the kitten like apes. Am I right? Can you talk to it? Does I don't. I don't know what. Is there like a cat language? What is the, Where is the kitten looking right now? Like, is the kitten synced up with like, like cartoon cats where they clearly know what's going on? and have that sort of glimmer of human behavior? No, this is very much a cat. Very cat-like behavior. Very, you know, is appreciating the affection, you know, and being clean and the attention from you and Buck. But no, does not seem to have any higher intelligence or anything like that. Now, what about then interpreting its body language? Would I have any edge in doing that? I think so. I think you could do like an animal handling with advantage. I like that. Ooh. Uh 18 or 18. Um <laughs> I guess I'll take 18. So the cat is calm. It seems to be content. It doesn't seem to be it it's not feral. It either has interacted with people in the past or it just has no bad memories to draw off of. So it it seems socialized to an extent but it also does seem malnourished and 
filthy, though you're doing something about that, and a little scrawny, but it's it's very happy to be amongst you and no longer in the walls. Well, looks like we've got a cat. I like cats. I got barn cats back home. I think he'd fit right in. Hello, kitten. Do you want some waffles? Say no. <laughs> oh, I, I actually do want some waffles. Yeah, that, that'd be nice. Oh, help yourself, Buck. I brought extra. Uh, yep. Biter, honey? Oh, okay. If you'd like some actual maple syrup, I happen to have conjured some. All right, let's have a... Do we need to have the chat about where honey comes from? You know that's just bee barf, right? Yeah. It's not any different from what a spider's doing. No, so what? no well, except except one is from a bee and one is from a spider. So? <laughs> Said the person who had legs. just licked the cat clean. <laughs> <laughs> don't mock my culture. <laughs> All right, well, don't mock spider honey. It's fine. I have syrup that came from a tree, if you want that. <laughs> Debbie's a little distracted because she is telepathically like reassuring Roz that she's still the cutest animal in the party. <laughs> no. Make that deception check. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nine deception. <laughs> Roz is not buying it. She is forming jealousy of this cat. Miss starts purring at the cat quietly, but... It's kind of a deep bass because he's a six-foot jaguar and not a, you know, four-pound kitten. But he's definitely attempting to soothe it as he pours some some water into the into the bin, into the basin. All right, this part's going to suck, but got to make sure we get a lot of this off of you. So the group of you are sitting around, mist licking the kitten, Rotan eating his waffles, along with Buck. Debbie picking at a massive spread of food that could feed an entire village, but seems to only be for her. When you hear the sound of metal boots climbing the stairs outside, it sounds like half a dozen of them. And two figures in golden armor and masks walk through the door, followed by two more and two more. And then, emerging between them, Standing in the center of them, wearing resplendent robes and a mask of her own, is Masha Zarin. I heard you were in town. Why did you not come see me immediately? Who are you? <laughs> are, are you here about the murders? Quiet, girl. I am not talking to you. Oh, oh, sorry. She's looking straight at Mist and Rotan. So just to be absolutely clear, she's the one we were fighting earlier, right? She, you have encountered her twice previous. Yeah. N- not Once great. in Quarter's End in Episode Zero. Yeah. And then in the Council of Jerry in Tear yeah. last season. Uh, Rotan stabs his fork down into the top of his waffle stack. <laughs> what are you doing here? What am I doing here? This is my city. I am the High Priestess of Kassir. Yes, but w- what are you doing here, here? Are you well, up I do to not no come good? for the food, that's for sure. Are you up to no good? Every time I see you, it seems you are up to no good. She turns her head from Rotan to Mist. I am done talking to that one. <laughs> that one is always trouble, arrogance, and bluster. I am surprised he has survived this long. Why are you here? Why did Sudol not tell me of your coming? Mist with one paw stroking the kitten, puts the other paw against the side of his face, 
uh, against his cheek and just makes a shocked expression. Soldal didn't tell somebody something? <laughs> what? Why would you bring that here? We didn't bring it here. We found it here. And it's not an it. It's a... He checks under the tail. Wow, that was horribly invasive and mixed company. <laughs> I, your call. Fuck, you, it, found, uh, you, found, you found the kitten. Is that a cultural thing? <laughs> it's a boy cat. To him. I am not talking about your kitten. I am talking about that which you carry with you. That which could doom us all. You bring that into my city without oh. informing me? Are you trying to get us all destroyed? Uh, actually the opposite. What do you mean the opposite? Well, uh, Mist looks at the guard, the guards. What's, uh, what, what's the, what's, how red in are, uh, I don't have anything clever, damn it. Your boys, how, how red in are they? Do not worry about them. Even if they wanted to tell someone, they could not. They are bound in service to the temple of Kassir and to Sisha herself. You cut out their tongues, don't you? Why did you bring it here? So, God, I don't want to call him the enemy. That sounds so Tolkien-esque, but you know who? Fuck it. Endu is... We're trying to crack the seals, right? Well, the seals were put in place at some point. Like, they didn't... They weren't always there. They had to be made. So why not uh, remake them? There is only one person who could remake them. And she died thousands of... Yes, Drelatar. And that's why we're here. So Dahl said the secret might... The, the answer might be in the, to- the the tomb of Drelatar. So we are going to is apparently... We're here for what is apparently a tourist trap. Well, yes. Most of it. It's... Do you know nothing about the legend of... It's not even the legend. The history of Sisha. Do you know about the founding of the cities? Um, I've got two competing accounts that I've heard... Let me guess. One is that Kassir did it herself, and the other is that Drelatar did it herself. Sounds like it was a, uh, Rome was in fact built in a day situation. Well, this much is true. At least the foundations were. The, whatever Drelatar did, the ritual she cast gave us water and gave us this. This cavern, this space, this all that Sisha would become. But Sisha, much like Tyr, did not just grow out of the ground. It was forged, it was carved over thousands of years into this great city you see before you. As for how Dralatar did it, I guess that's a matter of belief. Do you believe that there are gods that act through people in moments of great importance and that turn the tides and that we are just simply pawns on a chessboard? Or do you believe we have free will? Do you believe that we are agents of our own destiny and that we are the ones who make those great moments? Is that a serious question or are you being rhetorical? I don't know. Perhaps a bit of both. What I'm trying to say is I don't have the answer. I don't know how she did it. I don't know if it was Kassir. I don't know if... She somehow did it. She was a brilliant woman. She was the one who crafted those wards. So could she have done such a thing? Perhaps. But she would need some way to channel. I don't know. Right, so brings us back to our goal. Would the, I don't know, instruction manual 
her her lab notes, whatever you want to call it. Is that something we could actually find here, or have has Sadal sent us on a uh, wild uh, some kind of bird chase? I don't know. I don't know. You would have to talk to the keeper of Drelatar's legacy, which is not me. We could always just ask her what she did. Ask who? Astralatar? Yes, Astralatar. Record that's just tomb here, right? Tomb is sort of a figurative expression. There's no body in there? You know nothing of Sisha. Ah, but I lived here for years. I just never did the touristy stuff. The touristy stuff like the history of the city. Like Drelatar's tomb. I assume there was a body down there. She curses in Sisha under her breath. I know what you just said. And I mean every word of it. <laughs> Miss Kind, I, would, I, I don't know if lean over to Devi is the right action given the the current everyone's positioning, but he, but he he kind of whispers loudly. There wasn't really a body left. Oh, I assume two meant body. I think it's more of a symbolic monument sort of thing. Right, they should call it a monument then, not a tomb. Well, I'm sure we can bring that up. We can uh, we can leave that on, on Fantasy Yelp as uh, feedback or something. I'm having a word with the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, there you go. That's funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you hope to find in the Tomb of Trelatar. Uh, I can answer that. We hope to find uh, instructions that will help us reinforce and reestablish the wards so that Endu can't crack them all. Right? Right? That sounds right, yeah. Okay. I wish you the best of luck in that. And I mean that with my whole heart, because if you are able to do that, then we will all be safe from that madman. Yep, seems like a better option than fighting him, because, uh, seeing what he can do, not looking forward to it. Yes, my more immediate concern is that I believe you met with an agent of the Cleansing Fire yesterday. Where'd you get that idea? Well, let's see, uh, I spoke with the captain of the guard, who said he enlisted some adventuring types, one of which was a giant snarky cat, and another was a shining man in a silver suit, a giant cow person, no offense, his words, and um, some girl. Ugh. And I admit, you were not the girl I was expecting to see, I was expecting a different girl, but yeah, that's how I know well, these people sound fantastic, and I hope we get a chance to meet them. They are fanatics. They will burn the city to the ground. They will kill all non-believers. And if that is not bad enough, do you know what they will do? They will bring back an outer god to walk the lands. That is what they are trying to do, Kassir. Aren't you, you the priestess of Kassir? Isn't she like... Your god? Yes, but there's belief, and there's belief. And I believe the spirit, or whomever the cleansing fire are talking to, is not Kassir. A loud hissing sound comes from the space above Devi's left shoulder. Masha Zarin, like, raises her hand, and a green fireball begins to spin in the palm of her hand. <laughs> uh, oh, we're doing see. this? And Debbie conjures a black ball of fire in her own hand. All right, everybody calm down, because this is going to get bloody fast. This is a small space, and there's a kitten here. We're not doing this. Put him down. Her first. Curb your creature. 
my creature? You better be very clear about who you're talking to right now. The one that hissed. Her name is Roz, and I don't control her. You best be starting to do so. <laughs> and a second hiss comes from the shoulder as well. The guards, who are all around Mahshazarin, fan out and face you, Debbie. Some of them do. The rest of them form a protective barrier around the high priestess. I could annihilate that thing with a snap of my fingers. Not without losing a lot of folk in the process. And Buck is starting to reach for his double axe. Don't make me charm the lot of you. Rotan (laughs) is staring around and he says, Are you sure I couldn't interest any of you in waffle kebabs? So tell me, what will it be? Death or silence? Oh, I do not stay silent. You will this time, Debbie. Shut the fuck up. She thinks she can threaten me with death? Like she's the first one to do that. Now be nice to my sister, miss. Alright, how many people are in the room? <laughs> seven. I mean, seven besides y'all. One boss and, and six ads. Well, I mean, I'm dating if I want to do this. <laughs> Gotta say, didn't expect this to go this way, but I probably should have. How about everybody put down their spells and chill the fuck out? Uh, or alternatively... We all kill each other, and Endu wins, because that's the way this seems to be going. What boggles me is it's not Rotan who's doing this. <laughs> like that's, that's the shocking part to me. It, it's Rotan's sister. It runs in the family. That is true. Yeah, fair enough. Yes, I see Devi still has the same respect for authority Silway has. <laughs> I am the high priestess and ruler of Sisha. You will show me the respect I have earned... Or you will leave my city. I'm not going to throw fire unless someone else throws it first. So if neither of us do, it's all good. That did not sound very respectful. That's because I don't respect you. (laughs) One moment, please. (laughs) I have a thing I would like to do. Okay, what's your thing? Mist's eyes get really, really, really wide. Like, to the point where they look like they're pretty much all pupil. And he looks at Devi. All right. And I need Devi to make a wisdom saving throw. Excellent. She has terrible wisdom, as we've seen <laughs> in this scene. Is Devi within 10 feet of Rotan? She doesn't matter. She rolled a nat 20. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Uh, minus one. So <sighs> Sorry. I actually wanted to fail that. Like I did. You can choose to fail a saving throw if All you right. want. All right. Then I will choose to fail it. Was Debbie standing, or I guess I pretty much standing at this point if she's getting ready to throw down? Probably at some point during that, she kind of kicked her chair back and stood up from the table, yeah. Okay, uh, she slumps down asleep. Oh, God damn it. I thought it was a charm. Nope. <laughs> Thank you. Without, yeah, without turning his eyes towards Masha, Mist says, Are we cool now? Everybody gonna calm down? I have no issue with the rest of you. His eyes clear up. I don't know where you find these mouthy children and why you bring them along with you, but you seem to have a type. All right, I can stop looking up what I was looking to look up. <laughs> the insta-kill spell? The level 20 is going to no. watch the party? <laughs> no, she was going to try to hit Devi with the same spell she tried to hit Rotan with last season. And Rotan saved. Desmond and Whitley are going to finally come downstairs. <laughs> it's going to be a whole new party. We're just playing the six golden guards now. <laughs> so tell me, what did the cleansing fire ask of you? I don't know what you mean. 
if you talk to your uh, guard captain there, you know that he hired us to go in and capture her, which is what we did. Dragged her out. And she said nothing to you. I don't speak Cetian. Yeah, I think the only one who does is, well, taking a snooze. Very well. But hear me. The cleansing fire are not what they seem, and they are not what they pretend to be. They are not revolutionaries. They are zealots. They are fanatics. And they will do far more evil than you could possibly imagine, should they succeed. Stay far away from them. And then there's a beat, and her shoulders seem to relax. I wish you luck on your quest for the relics of Drelatar. I hope you can find them. I could try to offer what help I can. My library is yours, if you wish to search it. I cannot promise it holds answers. But should you have need of it, come to the temple district. I will inform the priest. And should you hear anything else of the cleansing fire, I implore you to let us know. To let me know. So that they may be dealt with. And this threat ended. So noted. And I appreciate the resources. If there is nothing else, I will be off. And she turns. And she walks out of the Falsic table. Followed by her squad of guards. Well, she sure tries to swing a big dick for not being able to run a city very well. You all get a mental image from Roz of, like, Masha getting stabbed with a dagger repeatedly. Not helpful. Is she is she gone? Is she a good distance away? Yeah, you can't hear her anymore. Somebody can wake up Debbie now. Oh, can I do it, boss? You know what? You've earned it. Oh, thank you. Just, okay, give me a minute here. Just leave her with full hit points. You never know. No, no, I wouldn't do anything like that. I mean, come on. Too easy. Um, oh, wait. Your jug, you can only do one a day, right? Uh, yeah. What What were you going to use? I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Like, you know, I was kind of thinking maybe vinegar, but also maybe mayonnaise. I think mayonnaise would be funnier. Got to agree on that. Uh, mayonnaise would be funnier. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, just regular old water today. Roz reappears on sitting on Debbie's chest or whatever, and there's like black fire shooting up out of her eyes. Oh, don't give me that. You're no fun. Conjure air horn. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Tingles disappears, and then suddenly reappears next to all of the food and the water that Debbie created. He grabs the jug of water. He disappears again. Suddenly from above Debbie, you just start seeing this water pour downwards out of nothing, covering her and Roz. <laughs> ah, what, what the hell? What happened? Where are they? Where's who? Why, why am I wet? Uh, looks like you're getting water poured on you. Oh, that's a invisible little monster, isn't it? Probably. You did that, didn't you? Do what? You put me to sleep. Well, the alternative was us all getting killed, so... Did you not see the part where she conjured green fire and threatened us? I don't disagree, and I was completely ready to defend you, but that was not a necessary fight. The correct response to somebody conjuring fire against you is to counterspell it, not escalate. Uh, what, where did she go? What happened? Once there was no threat of us all murdering each other, we got a little bit of information out of her, and then she left. Well, at least she's gone... For now, but we're going to need to be careful in the city because she is 
well, clearly aware of us, and definitely going to be keeping tabs on our activity. Rotan, suddenly you feel a little tap of an elbow hitting you in the ribs. And you look down, and you see Tingle sitting next to you, eating one of the waffle kebabs. Hey, hey, these are pretty good. Yes? No, I'm just saying they're pretty good. Yes? You're not much of a conversationalist. Did you have to pour water all over my sister? I mean, I could have slapped her. Although slapping is effective, there are other options. I know, like mayonnaise. Like, what? Mayonnaise. It would have been so much funnier than water. Wait, what? You mean pouring mayonnaise? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You are an evil little creature. I mean, guilty. Rotan pauses for a moment and he's... What do you know about evil swords? <laughs> I know you got one on your back. <laughs> it's great. It's the best thing to happen to this party since... Well, since the stabby girl left. I liked her. What? Since she left? Yeah, she's not here anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you did to her. She was great. She was moody. She stabbed things. She liked to hurt you guys. I mean, she was... We are off topic. A lot more fun than you losers. What, what do you know about this evil sword? Well, I know you got it from Starge. I know he liked to talk to it when nobody else was around. I know he used to kill things with it. And um, he really enjoyed that part. I'm guessing it probably wants you to kill things too, based on all your conversations that you have that you don't think anybody's really hearing, but everybody's hearing. Um, it really need to be more discreet about that. I kind of think you're screwed, but beyond that, you know, nothing much. Truly, your contributions are incredible. I can see why we keep you around. Do you want to be rid of the sword? Why? I, I imagine there's something they get from it, right? It makes you more powerful or something? Well, it's evil. So you have to kill something every so often. Big deal. You kill things anyway. I think you like it. Only when they deserve it. See, exactly. And how many people deserve it? I bet you you thought those seven lunatics in here deserved it. So why not just give in to the sword? Like, I, I don't get what the big deal is. You got this big hang-up about good and evil, and you know what? They're not that much different. You go too far in any direction, you end up at the opposite direction. That's life. I do not understand what that means. <laughs> I think he's saying if you're evil enough, eventually you'll be good? <laughs> is that what you're saying, Tickles? Well, I don't know about that, but I know if you go too far in the other direction, you know, into, like, self-righteousness and implacable belief in yourself or, you know, in your goddess, for example. Not to cast, you know, dispersions on anyone, but, like, you know, I could see it. You know, you think you're doing good, but you're really slaughtering a whole race of people. Like, it happens. Are you saying I could be better by being more evil? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm not sure I follow that. See, I think your problem is that you've got these great ideas. I think you know what you should be doing, but you have this thing called morality that holds you back. And I think if you just, like, set that aside, just put it in a little box and then threw it in a well and just drowned it, I, th I think you would be so much more successful. I'm not sure I should be listening to you. <laughs> I mean, sue yourself. Uh, you know, you could listen to the fox thing, or this crazy girl, or I, I guess the big cow. I, I don't know. I'm just, what do I know? Alright, can we just be very clear that I am a bull? So I am a big steer, <laughs> if anything. 
I, I'm sorry. I did not mean to offend you. Because I, I sincerely doubt that. But <laughs> I've been hearing it a lot today, and I've kind of had enough. So you see the horns. Thought there's a steer. I, I, I apologize. My people, you know, we both kind of have horns. So it's, I wasn't sure that was the same for your species. Well, that's not an excuse to go misgendering folk. I apologize. Thank you. You know what? I'm going to just go eat my waffles and kebab somewhere else. Enjoy. And he poofs. So we're all in agreement. We should never listen to anything that thing says, right? <laughs> if you haven't picked up on that by now. Okay, good. Yes, of course. Rotan? <laughs> I mean, normally, I mean, I can't even be like, oh, he means well, because we all know he doesn't. But sometimes you just need somebody who's going to set an entire field on fire. Gleefully. Cackling. I could do that. Roz sets things on fire all the time. Speaking of setting things on fire, <laughs> why are we listening to Washa Zarin? In regards to what? Anything at all that she says. Did you not see her? Did you not hear what she was saying? Yeah, who says we're listening to her? You wanted to listen to her. That's why you put me to sleep. Yes, what I wanted was to not die. I wanted to finish hearing what she had to say about Jelatar. Something about a keeper of the legacy. And before I could get that out of her, it was all fireballs and death guard. Also, what did you say about keepers of the legacy? Yeah, I don't know. Because again, fireballs. So well, you know who keeps Drelatar's legacy, right? No, I don't, because again, I didn't get that far before the fireballs came out. It's the Order of Chaos. Well, then let's go find them. Well, we're we're supposed to meet up with them tomorrow, aren't we? The cleansing fire is tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Right. Shit. All these factions are just yeah. D- this city is a rat's nest, honestly. Jamira didn't seem. No, she was great. Yeah, but she didn't seem terribly impressed by the Order of Chaos. Something about. Handing out leaflets on the street corner and stuff like that. All right, well, we've got time today, we, or at least time tomorrow before we're supposed to meet up. We could do both. Yeah, like, let's find some of these leaflets and see what's up. Before we get doing that, I would like to know exactly how many apocalyptic items we got in the room right now. Define apocalyptic. I mean, capable of, if not ending the world, then upending it completely. Counting ourselves? She came here asking why you brought it here. I thought she was talking to me at first. I assume she meant that shard you showed us. Oh, yeah, she absolutely meant that. So it's two, then. Oh, I thought she meant the sword. It's two? What's the other one? The sword? Oh, it's three, then. It's not the kitten, is it? Wait, what's... What's your... Wait, hold on. No, we just met the kitten. (laughs) What's your number one? It's probably not the kitten. Buck, do you you have an apocalyptic item? I thought that's why Soldal sent y'all to me. Wait, you have an apocalyptic item? I'm fairly certain. Rotan, secure the door. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rotan like, goes sure, and he, like, he Make sure it's locked and all that. Uh, should I get some nails? No, just make sure it's locked and that there's nobody going to be just walking in. Oh, excellent. Everyone, welcome to the mid-roll, and I am so distracted by these Sinusoropteryx. They are so cute. Look at their fluffy tails. I'm so sorry. Why do you send me that? That's <laughs> my fault. <laughs> what did you do? What's going on? I have been playing Jurassic World Evolution 2, and they added a bunch of feathered dinosaurs, and they are the cutest fucking things I've ever seen. Tail is so fluffy. I just want to, like, pet the dinosaur. I mean, that's like a standard... Like, that's my standard state of being anyway, but 
in this case, it's an extra level of it. Oh. Okay, so this is apparently a game I need to get. So that's the perfect start to the mid-roll, yeah. I think. No, I, I think, think that's, you know, it's... Yeah. Fluffy Dinosaur Tales. Fluffy Dinosaur Tales, yes, yes. My, my, my week has been full of fluffy, feathery dinosaurs and the anticipation thereof, so... That is not a dinosaur. That is a squirrel. What no, is... that is that is Sinusropteryx, or at least their reconstruction of it. Is it feathery or furry? It's feathers. Oh, I'm going to fucking die. They're so cute. Those are lemurs. <laughs> Those are dinosaur lemurs. So, not to totally derail this and go down the dinosaur to uh, path. Yeah, a little late. But, um, so is it just like, is there like a thing where there are feathery dinosaurs and non-feathery dinosaurs or is it just non-feathery dinosaurs is just wrong and for my entire lifetime we've been thinking about dinosaurs wrong so modern birds are in the group of dinosaurs that in, the, the the theropoda that includes your carnivore dinosaurs and most of them at least among theropods feathers are probably extremely common we've also found evidence of feathers in at least some of the ornithischian dinosaurs, who are most of your classic plant eaters, Triceratops, Stegosaurus, the duckbill dinosaurs. And some of them have, at the very least, sort of like quill-like structures on their tails. But some of the smaller ones do seem to have fluffy bodies as well. Uh, Tianyulong is the first one that comes to mind. Now, the other big group of dinosaurs that, that I haven't mentioned yet are the sauropods, the long-necked dinosaurs which I don't know of any examples of feathers or feather-like structures in the sauropods. How'd I do? Magnificent. I got good answers. I, but now I'm wondering, how far did we even get in the intro to this freaking mid-roll? Did, did we get to um, the I'm sorry, hello the, well, the mid-roll? The, 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 <laughs> the picture was there and I needed to comment on it because... It's a good intro. I'm just... My heart's exploding. <laughs> so in other news... We hope you're enjoying season four, and um, if you are, please leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or um, Google if they allow you to do it, or Spotify, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 a free-for-all, apparently. But, you know, your reviews mean a lot, and they help us attract new listeners, and we definitely appreciate reading them. Real quick, I want to... Um, give a shout out to Matt. Matt has a new show on Netflix. Uh-huh. He is uh, part of the cast for, uh, well, Matt, why don't you tell him? You, <laughs> you know it better than I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I play um, I play a role on um, Boss Baby Back in the Crib on uh, Netflix. Uh, when, I, when I'm not doing this, I do, uh, do the voice acting. So that's, uh, you know, I, I recorded that a couple of years back and it's finally out. So uh, yeah, I play Chet. Uh, in season two of uh, Back in the Crib. So yeah, no, it's exciting. So yeah, check that out. And you can also listen to Matt um, and hear him in his, um, he's also in the Star Wars Kids web series. Is that on Disney Plus too or no? Just just the Star Wars Kids website. It is on and YouTube, the right? uh, YouTube uh, Star Wars uh, channel, the Star Wars Kids uh, YouTube channel. But I mean like, hey, listen, like it's in a few weeks and like, by the time this is out, it'll be out. So, like, I might as well just tell you guys. Um, in two weeks, um, on May the 4th, uh, I'm going to be in uh, Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures that's coming out oh, on wow. on Disney+. Plus. I play uh, uh, 
the same role that I play in Star Wars Galaxy of Creatures, um, Ari. The, the droid is going to be a recurring character in that show. Yeah. So. Congratulations. <laughs> that Thanks. makes me happier than... Okay, I don't know how you feel about this, but that makes me happier than if you were playing a new character. <laughs> okay. I'm really excited, man. It's like when they said... Uh, well, like, and all now it's been announced at, like, D23 and, like, you know, all these, these big... Star Wars things, and and I've seen some of the trailers and some of the characters and stuff, and and one, and you know, I've just seen the scripts and the episodes, you know, so I don't have context and everything. But it turns out one of the main characters is like a creature lover, you know, so she loves uh, she loves creatures and stuff. So like I'm the the dude that kind of helps her like explore, and so it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. It looks like it's a great, it looks like it's going to be a great show. So I'm I'm very very excited. So I guess this is where we start the petition now for live action Ari. Right, listen, <laughs> it's the next step. Like, it's only the logical next step, so. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very excited. Yeah, I mean, if if Chopper can make the jump and BD-1 or a variation of BD-1 can make the jump, then why not Ari? Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm down. <laughs> Disney, we know you're listening, so uh, get on it. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. So, yeah, so awesome. That is amazing. So uh, anyone else have anything to plug Maybe not at that level, but, you know, or talk about. I recently saw both the D&D movie and finished season three of Picard, but that I feel like we're already well into this <laughs> mid-roll, and that's another digression that maybe we don't need right now. So I'll... I'll yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much about it. Um, Adam, anything to add? No, that's great. <laughs> Words of wisdom. All right, everybody, enjoy the rest of the show. Bye. <laughs> Mist hops up on the table and just gives the biggest, like, kitty eyes towards Buck. Show me, 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 show me. Being eye level all of a sudden is a little weird. Just settle down. Now, I need I need to preface this, and it's going to sound a little unbelievable, but I think I'm in the right crowd of people who might understand. I'm not from here. I'm... I'm... I don't want to call it like a home world, but that's essentially what it is. I'm from a different world that's not this one. And I wound up here almost entirely by accident. Because I was trying to get back. And in my my hopping, as I like to call it, because that's kind of how it feels a lot of the time, I went to this very strange world where they had the ability to send me home, I thought. And as I was leaving, they handed me this. And he takes the cuff off of his ear, the one that has the shield with the star in it. And they said that this could be an anchor point. So when I wound up here, well, I tried to use it. And that's when the world flipped. The world flipped. Like that thing with the stars and the sun? Yeah, the thing where our entire polarity switched around. That's what happened. Oh my god, I've been wondering the whole time. I thought that was us. I was pretty sure that was us. Well, that's a hell of a time in then. Tell me about it. I just didn't realize it was a polarity thing. I thought it was a conjuration side effect. Interesting. Well, I I mean, it, it reversed... It, like, mirror-imaged the way that our solar system and our stars work. Like, they're moving opposites now. Right, right, the, right, right. I thought that was... I guess I thought we did that when we took out Starge. 
Let me say, it is a tremendous relief to know that that is your fault, fucking not ours. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be too relieved, because now we're all in the same boat, so... It's also possible that the coincidence was Buck's, and not... It's, it could be it was a coincidence that Buck did whatever he did with the ear cuff at the same time that we took care of the shard, and that's what did the... Or could it have been... Yeah, both? yeah, you're... you're, you're polarity reversing thing probably interfered with the, the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, follow-up question. So it also that you were like, y- you seem to know the desert really well. How long have you been doing desert trips if you're kind of new here? Oh, I'm new in Seisha. I'm not new here. I've been here for a while. And what they won't tell you until you experience it is that time is always different wherever you land. I have been here for quite a, t- quite a time arguably too long. I don't know what's back home if I go back at this point, but... We only flipped the reversing the polarity thing or shifting the whole continent, whichever it happens to be. That only happened, like, uh, insert number of months ago. (laughs) It's probably been three months. Okay, I know. I've, I've been here a lot longer than that. It was just, I don't know, I just woke up one morning and I was missing home something fierce and I, I tried it. Oh, I tried okay. to open up that portal again. That, okay, it that's work. it's not the that's not the thing that brought you here. Okay, I follow. I, I'm good. I'm good. Huh? Uh. Wait, help me follow. Okay, you've been here for a long time. You tried to go home at the exact moment that we flipped the worlds around. I'm sorry, not we. They they flipped the worlds around. Suddenly, Silway's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As far as I can tell. So what's your apocalypse item? That that cuff right there? Cause it, it sounds like a, a conjuration item, not an apocalypse item. Uh, well, if it's a conjuration item that switches up the world, then I would say that's pretty apocalyptic for that particular world now, isn't it? I mean, if it does flip the world, but maybe it was just a coincidence, so it's just a regular conjuration item, and what they have is the world-destroying item. I don't know. Hmm. Well, now I'm curious about something. Mist reaches into his reaches into the bag of holding and takes out the box with the uh, shard in it, and uh, he's gonna start slowly holding it out towards the ear cuff. Uh, Wait, do you know what this is supposed to do? Oh, I'm wondering if there's a relationship between the two. Maybe, maybe by chance, having them both activated at the same time, like a double apocalypse. Pulled, 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 maybe pulled instead of putting you through, somehow. We supercharged Akvani, and you opened the portal, and the whole continent went through. I don't know how this stuff works. It's part of the problem. Maybe we uh, go to the library that they, that that kind lady has and see before we start playing with this. Fine. Are there any markings or anything on the cuff, or does it just look like a... So, it's... The cuff itself is sort of like a beaten gold... That looks very similar to jewelry that you'd see anywhere around Agmani, but attached to it, it with a couple of gold rings, then there's a, for lack of a better word, there's a charm at the end of it that is shaped like a shield that has a star embossed in it. I've never seen that symbol or heard of this sort of, is this like a something from your world? No, I, I got this on a different world. They had technology you would not believe. Is that the world to try to send you back home and you ended up here? Yeah. Oh. They didn't seem phased by it at all either. It was a weird thing. I showed up and they were just like, oh, hi. 
did they say what their the name of their world was? Mm, I didn't quite catch it. They had something loose in their house, and I had to help catch it. And then once I did that and we secured it again, they were like, "Okay, here you go." Ugh, typical quest givers. <laughs> so, what's the name of your home world then? I don't actually know what the name of the world was. Like we we just kind of thought that it was just our land for a bit, and then it got real weird, and I got chucked into that portal. Is it full of minotaurs? Yeah, we've got plenty. And portals? Are portals normal? No, that was decidedly not normal. Oh. Do you still want to go back? Like I said, I don't know what's waiting for me back there. I would like to find out at some point. We can always try to find a way. Unfortunately, I don't know conjuration at all. The way you say that, it's like, was there was there war or something going on? Oh, yeah, there's always war going on. So, back home, we got different clans, and each, each minotaur, when they're coming up, gotta do military service. It's just what you do. And I mean, we're always warring for something. It's usually land. Sometimes it's like, not property per se, like land property, but like stuff. But anyway, there's always little skirmishes. Usually doesn't mean much, but I don't know. Then a portal opened up and they were asking for people to go check it out. And even though my service was already well done at that point, my partner was saying, don't don't do it. We got the farm here. It'll be fine. I said, no, gotta do it for the clan. I went to check it out, and well, it swallowed a good chunk of us. A good chunk of us, you said? So there, yeah, were, others, so there were others that went through, but you didn't go through to the same place? A handful. They didn't survive. Oh. Describe the way they did not survive. Was it, like, conjuration <laughs> rude. sickness? Rude, or? Debbie. Rude. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Debbie is fascinated by death. I don't know why everyone isn't. I think when you spend enough time dishing it out and seeing it, it's a little bit different. Oh, I've dished out plenty and seen plenty, but it's still fascinating. I think it's because you can bring it back. Well, that's true. That does help. Okay. So are you the last one alive then? You said everyone else. If anybody survived, I don't know where they're at now. Okay. Well, we need to get Buck back to his home world. Somehow. We'll add it to the... <laughs> add it to the quest log. <laughs> <laughs> is that all? Is that ever all the apocalyptic items? Is Rawls an apocalyptic item? She's not an item. She's a living thing. Is she an apocalyptic living thing? Debbie looks over at a space on the floor that looks empty. She assures me that she is not apocalyptic. Mist, is Tingles apocalyptic? No, I think he's just an asshole. I wish. I mean, seriously, wouldn't it be a lot more fun if I was? No, it would not. <laughs> Clearly we have to go check out this legacy of Jalatars, right? So, important question before we leave. Is or is not the kitten coming with us? Well, if we set the kitten up in one of our rooms, make sure they got water and maybe something to nibble on, nice place to rest... And it's a secure room. I think it should be okay. We just gotta make sure they can't get back in the walls. We could put him in with Winley. She'd probably appreciate another companion. But she already has Gruber, so maybe maybe give him the Desmond. I'm not saying no. I am saying after what I seen her done did to that rabbit. Ooh, fair point. Fair mm-hmm. point. It was trying to kill us, in all fairness. Uh, yeah, and I did throw intense. it directly at you. So that was partially my fault. Regardless, if she wants to, p- to pet a small furry thing, she has Gruber, so we'll just... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's leave the kitten with Desmond. Okay, Desmond it is. 
good chance to make sure that he's still alive, too. He's probably fine. The group of you give the cat to Desmond, along with a saucer of milk and a makeshift little some bedding that you find to give him a nice little comfortable place to bed down. And you leave your inn. Because, you know, under Cetian law, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. That's in the law. DM said it, it's canon. <laughs> Isn't that like the law of the land in all D&D campaigns? I found that it's mine? Pretty much. Absolutely. Article 7 of the Cetia Constitution. <laughs> finders, keepers, losers, weepers. <laughs> no wonder the city has so much civil unrest. <laughs> okay, so I haven't actually been to the satellite office, um, but I know they have one here in the, you know, chaos quarter, whatever the quarter is called. Ironically, it is the chaos quarter. In fact, it is the quarter in which the riots were taking place several days ago. Fun fact, it's called the chaos quarter, but it's actually a third of the city. They call it a quarter just to confuse you. Are, are there still riots there now? I mean, if there are, we'll hear them from pretty, par- pretty far away, right? Ah, oh, yes. Those infamous stealthy riots. Haha, <laughs> that was a joke. The group of you follow the road out of the trade district you find yourselves in. And instead of crossing back over the bridge to the other side of the city, you follow along the river brink. This is your first time close up by the river itself. And while the river looks dark and foreboding, it smells like the sweetest fresh water, like it just came down out of the mountains itself. You follow along the riverbank. On the left is the promenade with green lanterns hanging every 50 feet or so, and then on the right is a middle-class neighborhood filled with shops and houses. You see children running through the open courtyards. You pass by an enormous rock formation on your right-hand side, which seems to separate the southern half of the city from the northern half of the city. And as you round the rock face, the northern half of the city opens before you. In front of you, across the river, you see the enormous glass pyramid rising up into the darkness. Across the river to your left, it seems to be a more opulent neighborhood. Houses are several stories, set back from the roads with ornate bronze fences surrounding them. To your right... The neighborhood seems, I won't say destroyed, but it looks like the riots did some severe damage on many of the buildings. Some of them are still smoldering from burning. There is debris everywhere. You continue forward along the road, and you come to a checkpoint, and two town guards stand before it. As you approach, one of them holds up his hand, beckoning you to stop. Hello? Can we go in? No, you may not go in. Why Why not? This district is closed by the order of the temple. The, what, the temple? Why, why would they close it? Because there was riots here two days ago. Where have you been? Uh, not here. I just got here. Well, then turn around and go home, because you cannot come in here. Um, that's a problem, because we need to talk to the Order of Chaos, and I believe they're based in this quarter, right? No Order of Chaos here. No, go away. Turn around. Where are they then? Not here. Not here. Okay, that doesn't help at all. Um, 
Are you sure you can't let us in? Like, we're, we're actually very well equipped and, and strong and can handle, you know, revolutions and stuff. Um, I'm sorry, it is closed. It is not... I cannot do so, because if I were to do so, then I would be violating our contract, subsection 2, clause 7, to disobey direct order is to call for immediately dismissal from the guard. Wait a minute. You're not in the union, are you? Well, yes, I am in the union. Of course, we're all in the union. <laughs> oh, did they find your blankets yet? What blankets? Exactly. <laughs> of course they didn't. Oh, you've been talking to my cousin Como. I am Zomo. <laughs> oh, you're... Yeah, we were. We did just talking to him. Up at the front, yeah. Yes. No, he really got done dirty with those blankets. I it know. was most I... unfortunate. It's not just blankets, though. It's the rest of your equipment. It's all shabby. It's not enough it for is, you to be doing trash. what you're Look doing. at this. And he holds out his polearm, and it's visibly warped. Oh, no, this is not going to... Where is the union office? I'm supposed to talk to them I don't know. Anyway. It's somewhere in the temple district. I can't, but I you can't don't go even there. know? Well, no, because I don't know who my union rep is, and I can't <gasps> go to a person. If I don't talk to my union rep, then I will be circumventing that, and that's against the rules, and it's against the contract, because only the union rep can negotiate with management. All right, who... It has to be in your contract. Who's your union rep? I... I that's a good question. I left my contract at home. I didn't know I needed it. If we just stay here, can you go get it? I'm... But then you could just walk in. I mean, okay, to be fair... Like, if you wanted to walk in, what am I going to do? Look at what am I going to do? Push you with this, the stick? No, it'll break. Oh, no. I've stopped so many of y'all so far already. That's not going to do nothing. And look at this. Look at my armor. And he taps Sad. No, it's just a pillow filled with, like, hay. You're doing a job for the city, and they don't even want to equip you properly. I know. It's the worst. Why? Uh, do you know why? Well, you know, I keep hearing because of all the... The strife that the money is just, you know, it, times are tight and things are lean and and there was a requisition for new equipment, but it went through last year, but I guess it wasn't enough or it disappeared. I don't know. It's union politics, I think. This sounds corrupt as hell. I know. I think you're right. All right. Would we be doing you a favor if we went in and took care of the order of chaos in this area for you? Well, I mean, they're not so much troublemakers. We're, we're more worried about the cleansing fire. Those are the people to look out for. They were the ones that burned down this quarter, not the Order of Chaos people. Oh, then it should be fine for us to go talk to the Order of Chaos well, people. I don't know. There could be cleansing fire people about. You could be cleansing fire. I don't know. Uh, no, we just got here. No, my fire is actually quite destructive and dirty. See? What? 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 <laughs> I thought you said something about dirty fire. It was a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> funny, funny fire. Oh, <laughs> I get it now. I don't get it. It's all right. Look, we have to go through here, though. Okay, then I have one question. Mm-hmm. If you answer it right, I let you through. And he looks at you, Debbie. What color is your fire? Um, <laughs> my fire can technically be any color I want it to be. Here, Red. Look. No, blue. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow. Uh, she holds out her hand and conjures a ball of fire in it, which is... What color is it? Normal orange fire. As you do this, the guards tense, and they raise their polearm. You know you are one of them. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. And she, she wiggles her fingers, and it turns green. Is that the right one? Okay, now I'm confused. What, what about purple? Do you like purple? It, it becomes purple fire. Oh, that's nice. Give me a persuasion check, Debbie. God damn it. Uh, 11. <laughs> With my plus 9. 
Anybody want to help her? Try to persuade yeah. her? Please help me. Give me advantage. <laughs> yeah, Buff is, Buck has been here trying to do that anyway. By the power of union reps. All the way up to 15 that time. Okay, he looks at you warily. Out of sort of, sort of side-eyes you. But slowly raises his warped stick. Okay. So was it purple? I guess you could go through. So purple was the right color? Well, it's just not red. Red is the cleansing fire. Oh, good to know. I'll avoid red. I don't know how you do not know this. It's like everywhere. See, just got and he, here. he points, literally points right behind you, and there's a big banner that says, free the cleansing fire, and there's a big red flame on it. Hmm. Okay. Red fire is cleansing fire. Okay, good to know. Okay, but you do realize that outside of this city... That is the color of literally all fire. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never been outside this city. Oh, well. Oh. Oh, you are missing out. I don't know. That's not true. I had guard duty once at the gate. The outside is nothing special. It's just empty wasteland filled with dirt. Well, that's not all it is. It's just what you've seen so far. Sometimes there are ships. In the dirt? Sometimes. Yes. Astonishingly. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Okay, I will let you through, but you do not tell anybody. Especially my union rep. No, I got words for you, union rep, but none of them have to involve what we did here, huh? Okay, alright, we agreed. Also, remember, if you're near the Temple District, go visit my cousin Domo, best shawarma in Temple District. Tell him Zomo sent you. Oh, we will. We're making this the shawarma rounds. How many cousins do you have? <laughs> oh, we have big family. I think I have probably, I don't know... I think like 37 cousins. That's a lot of cousins. Well, it's a big family. And each, you know, lots of brothers and sisters. And each have lots of kids. So, big family. How many run shawarma shops? Oh, no, just one. Just Domo. Just Domo? Okay. Yeah, no, it's his passion. The family business is the city guard. That explains. Yeah, okay. All right. Next guard we meet, ask which Omo he is. Got it. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I was wondering which Omo you are. <laughs> the two guards step aside and allow you to pass. And you find yourselves in the wrecked Chaos Core. As you walk through, you look into burned buildings, past broken windows. You see people inside huddling and hiding, peering out at you in mistrust, uncertain if you're going to help them or do them harm. The entire quarter seems extremely desolate and empty. Finally, you arrive at the center of it. In the center of the quarter, there's a large tree growing. It's the first tree you've seen down here, and you're not sure how it grows in this low light, but it is very much a tree like you would find in in Tyr, Nightfall, Roth, anywhere in the rest of the world. It is in the middle of a park, with benches and fountains. And this area seems undisturbed by all of the chaos and the desolation and destruction around it. Across from the tree is a stout stone building. There's only one entrance. There are no windows. And above the door, chiseled into the door, much like the other buildings, much like the inn you now own, it says, The Order of Chaos. I think we found it. Is there like a, a doorbell or a knocker or something? Uh, no, just a stone door. There's no knocker. 
There doesn't even seem to be a handle. Um, can somebody with gauntlets knock on the door, the stone door, please? Oh, with pleasure. Rotan steps up and uh, pounds on the door. You hear a melodious voice almost sing back to you in Cetian. Debbie, you understand it. Does Buck understand Cetian or no? Just a few words here and there? I think it would just be a few words, yeah. It wouldn't be much. Debbie, you hear, and the words that it's singing to you is, it says, knock and be known. It, it, it says knock and be known, which we just did, right? Is there like a, a secret knock? Hello? Bam, bam, bam. Uh, it's Roton von Bastard. Can you let me in? No answer. Well, at least now they know you. Maybe I'll knock. And she, she will knock on the stone door, like, gently. Because she has, like, bare hands. Do you say anything? Hello? Is anyone in there? No response. Mist uh, is going to step up and do the old shave and a haircut. There is no answer. Huh. Maybe it's a riddle. Like, we have to knock and they have to know who we are. But we just told them who we are. Melon. <laughs> Who's Melon? Nope. Never mind. Didn't work. <laughs> Have we heard that voice again? Uh, no. Let's see. It feels like a riddle. Um, let's see. Knock and be known. Probably a magic opening. Uh, does anyone know the knock spell? Ooh, good thinking. I don't, but if one of us did, that would be an awesome opportunity to use it. Somebody does, but they're home at sick. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the DM is telling us that we shouldn't do this right now and should wait until everybody's here. Gruber knows the knock spell. Ah, I was unaware. Yes, that's the final twist, that Gruber is like a level 30 divine <laughs> being. <laughs> so this, does this building have windows? It does not. Didn't you say you could see through walls at one point? Uh, I can try it. Um, I'll switch on the old ghostly gaze and have a look, see through the, uh, see what's there. Helped me skirt a puzzle one time. <laughs> yes, it did. Still bitter about that. Uh, give me a um, uh, give me a spell check. Just does. Straight up, I'll tell you your DC is sixteen. Okay, that's equivalent. Basically, my spellcasting modifier is charisma, so I'll just throw that down. Nineteen. Okay, tell me what the what this looks like. Mist blinks, and when he opens his eyes, they are doing that shiny thing that cat eyes do, except really, really bright and. As he stares at the wall, it just kind of, from his perspective, it's it just, everything takes on sort of a ghostly appearance, and he can move his vision through objects at will. Okay, you're standing there, and you open your eyes, and you begin to push forward with your sight. And in the past, when you've done this, the sort of melting away that you've described, and where everything just kind of goes into like this ghostly image has been immediate. But as you try to do it, you you face resistance in the walls of this building. And your eyes glow a little bit brighter. And you're able to push through it. And the front wall melts away. And you can't seem to go any deeper in the building than that. But beyond the door is a room. In the center of the room is a desk facing the door. Sitting at the desk is a young man in teal robes. Behind him on the wall is a poster that says, order out of chaos, chaos out of order. And he sits facing the door 
twiddling his thumbs. He looks very bored. All right, so we got uh, a really bored-looking uh, receptionist sitting on the other side of that door. Order out of chaos, chaos out of order. Oh, that stupid poster. Yes, you are very familiar with this poster, Davy. You've seen it everywhere. It is one of their favorite mantras and pieces of propaganda. I mean, he's there. He just looks bored. Like He's waiting for us to solve the riddle and work our way in. They love this kind of stuff. Just like the, the riddles and spellcraft and magic and things. They just It's like part of their shtick. Do I look like a damn Ravenclaw? No. What's happening? Don't worry about it. <laughs> when life gives you lemons, Rotan draws his greatsword. <laughs> and uh, unless somebody's going to stop him, he's going to attack the door with his greatsword. <laughs> I, I want to see what happens when the sword hits the stone. That is a 14 to hit the door. <laughs> you hit the door. There is a loud metal clanging sound as it hits the black stone. Sparks fly. And in your head, Rotan, you hear, No! Not stone! Flesh! Yes, I get it. (laughs) I'm not an idiot. And Rotan attacks the door again. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's a ten. You hit the door again. And it's the same awful clanging sound of metal on stone. And sparks fly. But the door seems unscathed. Again! (laughs) Okay. As amusing as that was, I'm pretty sure it's a magic thing needs to open this door. That's an 11. Alright, bud, that's the last one. Does not seem to be making much of a dent. It's the D&D party's ultimate nemesis. A door. A door. (laughs) A riddle that children can answer. (laughs) Rotan, as you hit the door for the third time, the sword begins to glow and crackle with dark purple and black energy. Suddenly, tendrils of necrotic energy begin to dig into your flesh. Please make a constitution saving throw. Oh, it's the tendrils. I know those tendrils. Oh, great. Uh... (laughs) Seven? Rotan, you take 43 points of necrotic damage as the tendrils begin to tear at your flesh. Ah! Okay, okay. And you hear a laughing voice in your head which says, I told you no! Ah! Okay, I think the sword does not like doors. Okay, Rotan. Okay, you look really bad. That hurt. You need healing. Oh, it hurt everywhere oh so much. I, hold on, I, I'm going to heal you. Hold on one second. Debbie's casting life transference on Rotan. Uh, so she does her evil looking black necromantic magic thing. Um, and she will take 17 points of necrotic damage. And Rotan will heal for 34 Ooh. damage. Rotan, you heal for 17 points of damage. Oh. Still. Ooh, ah, okay. Oh, duh. Yes. Give me more. Do you need more? Uh, well, uh, the sword wants more. Um, I, I, I'm not trying to heal the sword. I'm trying to heal you. Yes, I need more. <laughs> but don't, don't exhaust yourself, Deffy. We may need you later. Oh, hold on, let me, let me, I can do this. Hold on, one second. I can cast False Life on myself, which will give me some extra temporary hit points to work with here. And then she will cast Life Transference again on Rotan for... 
Okay, nice that time I took 18 points of damage. It healed Rotom for what I'm certain will be a full 36 points of, of healing. And of course you know it's only 18 <laughs> points. But, Amanda, I want you to describe what physically happens to Devi as you cast these two spells. She starts moving her arms around in like a, a swirling motion, and the, these like black mists um, appear around her and swirl about. And like a, a, a black energy like moves from her towards Rotan. Devi is, is like noticeably weakened by this. Her, she usually looks very like young and beautiful um, and healthy, uh, but as, as she casts that spell, she gets a little more more gaunt and uh, and frail looking. And then once it's cast and she sees how ineffective it was, she does another little ritual or, or magic uh, incantation, and some of that that healthy glow returns. And then on the second cast, it. it continues to kind of drain her away like she is she is visibly um, affected by transferring her life essence into rotom uh debbie i I can keep going no don't Mm -mm. don't no Mm -mm. Uh, do you do you need more healing rotom i can do more well you do not look good debbie i I, i'm I'm feeling okay I, i i've got about you know half my life essence left all right look we can just spare this and just go back to the inn (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is voice wholly unnecessary <laughs> we're not we're not in a fight here and uh but that but i'm a healer that's what i do yes yep yep i heal i think you're doing a great job on the healing part but i also think that the sword is just eating it so uh, that's true it's usually more effective than this rotan you and your stupid sword well oh, i mean it has feelings i, I don't think it does <laughs> Is hungry a feeling? Yes. Yes, it is. I get it all the time. Actually, now that I think about this, uh, am I making it stronger by feeding necromantic energy into it? Ah, uh, quite possibly. That's not great. Does it seem like a happy sword right now? Are you a happy sword? Rotan says to the sword. Yes! Ah, <sighs> uh, it seems unsatisfied because it wants more. I'm pretty sure it always wants more. It's kind of greedy, like that. Okay, well, one more time. I can handle one more time. No. 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 We're not, no. Yeah. No. Are you sure? Very sure. Why are we taking orders from the sword? I'm trying to heal my brother. Yeah? I mean, the fact that at the moment the sword is tricking Rotan's sister into feeding it. It's not about tricking. I'm, I'm willingly... I'm aware of the risks and I'm taking them. But not for any reason. My, we don't have to be doing this. My brother's hurt. He needs healing. He'll be fine. I will be fine. <coughs> yes. That didn't sound good. We can find a potion along the way. Sleep is also very healing. Oh, I, I know. I have potions in my pouch. Oh, my God. I have four healing potions. I just save those for emergencies. <sighs> Look, Sod. Why don't you think about others for a change? I think about you. Oh. Oh, how sweet. Really? It's kind of weird watching you talk to a sword, Rotan. I mean, you used to do that in your bedroom, but that was a different, whole different thing. Well, I learned some stuff that I can't done here. You were much friendlier with that sword. Yes, well, it was a smaller sword. A training sword. It was too big for you, I remember that. Make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, perhaps we should go back. Ah. Uh, this does not seem incredibly productive. Then our adventure for the day will just be us knocking on a door and giving up and leaving. 
That's not very entertaining. We've had worse episodes. It's okay to have a self-care day. We have a kitten back home. Maybe we just rest and recover. This has been a really weird couple of days. I mean, you're telling me. You know, I thought we were going to have a bottle episode, then it turned not into a bottle episode, and now I don't know what to do. It's a door episode. There were several bottles in the episode, though, so I guess that's something. All right. Cue the heroic retreat music. (laughs) You return the way you came, and you pass by the barricade, and Zomo's very surprised to see you. So, everything okay? I thought you would be gone longer, not come back. I don't... Hold down now. We can, we can still be heroes today. Where, where are your, where's your union headquarters? Oh, the union? No, it's over in the temple district. It's... I think it'd probably be better to wait. Once we have a name, we can get through that office really quick. But if we're just going to go and hope for it, God, we're going to die before that bureaucracy happens. Okay, sounds good. I, I'll stand guard here and make sure nobody else gets through. Good thinking. <laughs> the union hall's not guarded by magic wards that require a knock spell, is it? No, no, it's you just walk right in. There's They play this game where you have to, they call out numbers, and you have this card, and if you have the numbers, then you win a prize. It's pretty crazy. I don't think in anything like it anywhere else. Sounds like gambling. Yes, no, you do put money on it. It's great. I have I won myself a, a bird there once. Some kind of bird, right? Any yeah, no, exactly, some kind of bird. I didn't know what kind of bird, but it was some kind of bird. We don't classify things in the city of chaos. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what kind of bird it is. Well, it didn't have a name tag. I mean, maybe I should have asked, but I don't speak bird. They just said, here's a bird, and you took it. (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, wouldn't you take the bird? I would take the bird. Like, I mean, am I wrong? It's better than no bird. Yeah, see, the cat gets it. I don't know why you have a problem. Well... That's exciting that we get to look forward to maybe winning a bird. Well, the price is not always a bird. It just was that night. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I could eat. Let's get shawarma. Oh, Domo's. Ah, we have a Domo's over by the Temple District. You have to cross the river. I, I meant the I meant the bird. Oh, the bird. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, no, you can get the birds. There's actually a bird mart um, kind of back the way it came. <laughs> they have all kinds of birds. Bird mart. <laughs> I spilled my tea. <laughs> Bird Mart. Bird Mart. This city is chaos. Is Masha's offer of aid genuine? Will Buck ever find his way home? What is Bird Mart? To find out, keep listening to Multiclass Theater. But Jean-Baptiste is back behind the bar, polishing its stone surface. He waves at you doesn't quite seem as boisterous and friendly as when you first arrived, but, you know, murder changes people. Just a point of clarification. John baptiste was not the in-owner who got murdered, correct? Was John baptiste the one who got murdered, or was this somebody else? I'm. It's been so long. I mean, if John baptiste was the one who got murdered, and now he's there cleaning the <laughs> bar, 
I would say murder has definitely changed him into a I zombie honestly, or something. I, I honestly can't remember if he was the one who died or not. Uh, yep. Jean-Baptiste is dead as fuck. Okay, so I'm going to have to retake that. Okay. Or, you know, Debbie was awake first, and that's why we have... That's know. why Jean-Baptiste is Yeah, there. I was going to... Yeah, Buck was going to have some questions. Well, these waffles are not apocalyptic. They're delicious. Apocalyptically so, uh, good. I can't think of anything else. Oh, good, good point, Buck. There are four apocalyptic things in this room. <laughs> at least these ones we can do stuff about. I think it said that on the sign at the store, actually. That is great marketing. FOMO's apocalyptic waffle kebabs. They're apocalyptically good. <laughs> I'd eat there. Your taste buds can't repel flavor of that magnitude. <laughs> I'm Rotan von Bastard, and this is my favorite kebab stand in Sisha. <laughs> That's the mid-roll. We just got to make a commercial for it. <laughs> We're going to dump our previous sponsor, the sword store. <laughs> We've got waffle kebabs. We've got kebab waffles. We've got kebab waffle kebabs. Waffle kebabs, waffles, and kebabs. We've got spider waffle egg kebabs. <laughs> Wait, other spider eggs? Spider honey. Spider honey. We don't know. Sp- 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 spider honey. We're crazy. We're crazy. I'm Anson My Eyes Johnson. I got Anson My Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Our deals, TV, I hope, are not too low. Waffles, <laughs> I hope, aren't too low. And that concludes our bid roll. Back to the show. <laughs> Back to the show. Ah. Uh.